This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never Podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Nay Never Podcast. I am your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the main man himself, the headliner, Dave Roberts, Statman Dave, welcome back. Hello, hello, good to be back. It is. A week has flown by in just a flash, Dave. It really has. I don't. It feels like two seconds ago I was talking to you. It is. It's, uh, it does come round quick. <laughs> it certainly does. Now, um, regular listeners who have been giving me grief on Twitter um, have quite rightly established that, unfortunately, we have not managed to get a main show out for the past three weeks. There is a very good reason for this, and not because we were spitting our dummy out because we lost three in a row. It was just because this time of year has been profoundly busy for the whole team um work commitments have just taken us away from from any free time whatsoever um obviously christmas engagements and just the general yuletide season um we don't usually struggle but i think this year has just been a difficult one for many reasons for the whole team um so please i am very sorry that we haven't managed to get a main podcast out however the the end is in sight we can see the hope on the end of the horizon. So um, stick with us and we'll, we'll be giving you, you'll be sick of us by the end of the festive period. We'll be giving, giving you podcast after podcast. You won't want to listen anymore. Um, so obviously, Dave, let's have a quick, let's have a quick look actually, because um, it's been a week since we talked in that week, we had a fantastic win at home against Newcastle. Um, and slightly, I don't think it was marred with controversy, but as ever, it was tend to be marred by an opposition whinge bag. Um, it tends to be happening. It does seem to offend people to get getting beat by us. Um, I think that what I took from the game, Dave, very much was that sometimes you just have to grind a result out. And I know it wasn't a great game, and I know it wasn't for the purists, but it was a very important three points to stop that rot settling in and just to get everybody back on track here. Yeah, very much so. I thought I thought it was one of those games. It felt like one of those games where one goal might win it, and that's how it turned out in the end. Um, obviously, Newcastle didn't have any shots on target. That's the first time that's happened in two hundred and seven Premier League games in terms of Burnley. It's happened to Burnley against other teams, but not other teams against Burnley. In fact, I was looking back through the stats. It's only happened 
twice in 850 league games. That's going back all the way to the start of the stats that I have going back to 2000. So uh, there was a game against Barnsley where they didn't have any shots on target. So it is a quite a rarity for that to happen. Um, but credit to the team. Yeah, they turned things around. It wasn't pretty at times. We know that. But um, goal to nil, um, Chris Wood on the score sheet, three points. Um, and we're all a little bit happier after uh, three defeats in a row to get a win and three points is um, yeah exactly what uh, the doctor ordered. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do we think that Steve Bruce is going to be eating a bit of humble pie when he got home and actually saw the events that led up to the goal that he clearly had a pop at this poor debut referee and said that it was a foul, it was a foul clear as day and should never have been a corner? Um, it absolutely was a corner and has never seen a foul in a million years, has it? <laughs> Uh, no, well, it, it it wasn't. I think it's a little bit unfair on the um, on the referee in some respects because the referee mm. could easily have given us a penalty in the first half. It looked like a, a handball um, that could have been given for a penalty, and he could easily have sent Andy Carroll off for uh, an elbow on Ben Mee as well. So to criticise the referee, come out uh, criticising for that decision when there were two other decisions that really went in Newcastle's favour is perhaps a little bit um, well. Let's let's be kind. Grasping at straws, let's say, from Steve Bruce in his uh, post-match yeah. interview. I just thought it was a little bit disrespectful as well, and I just think you've got to, you know, referees get enough slack, and most of the time, quite rightly as well. But this guy's, you know, you've got to start somewhere, and you've got to let somebody learn their trade. Um, I mean, my personal view of those two incidents, I. I don't think it was a penalty, and I certainly don't want us to start getting penalties for that. That said. I have seen them given plenty of time. So we are going straight back to that old age, age old, old age and age old um, problem of consistency on, on decisions. Uh, to me, I think the only the, the main mistake, if not the only mistake that the referee made was not giving Andy Carroll a red card for that elbow. It was awful. Now, Andy Carroll, it, it, that's just become his trademark play. He is so... I don't know if it's unaware or if it's deliberate, but he's always jumping up and down with his, with his elbows flailing around. He doesn't have any respect for the players around him. And how many times have we seen him either accidentally or deliberately whacking somebody with that elbow? And he's, he's, Dave is not a small guy. He must hurt. Well, of course, and we've, we've seen him uh, sent off, wasn't he? Came on as a, as a substitute for uh, West Ham, wasn't it? Got two yellow cards Indeed. in quick succession yeah. and then was uh, was sent off. So he's got four. I mean, not he just the He's a horrible draws. character. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess the only other uh, main talking point fr- from the game was um, the cork chance. I mean, as it turned out, it didn't really mean anything in the end because we managed to saw those points up. But um, Jack Cork, he did ever so well to, to steal that ball. I was so proud of him. But when he got as close to the goal as he did, I think he did see a bit of Russian blood to his head. And um, you've got Wood, Barnes and, oh, was it Hendrick was around as well. He had three clinical finishes either side of him. And I was like thinking, oh, no, just pass. Um, you know, it, it, it's probably a good job for Jack Cook's sake that we didn't concede a late equaliser, isn't it? Oh, God, especially as there was that chance, wasn't there, at the end that, uh, oh, who was it who missed it? Somebody missed a sitter right at the yeah, end. Yeah, Dwight Gale. Some... Yes, it was. Albeit, I'm quite sure that that would have been pulled up for a foul because that he absolutely yeah. took um, what's he called Phil Barzi out. But sorry, going out, I interrupted you. There. No, I was, was going to say uh, Jack Court, as you say, did really, really well on that move. Did everything right, mm. and, and the ball could have been when the goalkeeper saved it, could have deflected, but went behind the Burnley players, didn't it? I, I thought generally Jack Cork had a really, really good game. Um, he was back to his best with um, Ashley Westwood in the side. I think both of them together. 
um, are a fantastic partnership in the middle and uh, they Definitely. both showed they were capable of. And you could have given the man of the match to either of those two, but I think in some ways Jack Court edged it for me. I think that he's back to his best um, and showed what he was capable of on Saturdays. So we want to see more of that from uh, from both of them going forward. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's back to his best yet. I still think he looks tired um, and, and looks like he needs a bit of a break. I think my thing with, with um, Jack Cork is that he isn't strong enough physically and he hasn't got as imposing enough a presence to play in a two-man midfield without a Dean Marnay, um, you, you know, uh, what's he called, Ashley Westwood or a Joey Barton-style character alongside him. So when you put, say... Um, Jeff Hendrick next to him, he just it just looks a bit light, a bit like tissue yeah. papers at midfield. But, uh, but yeah, I know you I'd did, agree with did that. play well. Yeah, so um, well, that's how a very quick whistle stop tour of, of Newcastle at home. Um, that is almost like the podcast on speed dial. There you go. Um, <laughs> so what are we going to do this week's preview show, Young Dave? We are going to look at. Bournemouth away. I nearly said Villa at home then. And you know why, listeners? Dave is just the most incredible, um, what's the word, organiser. And he has already written the preview show for Everton away, United at home and Villa at home. Um, but our spreadsheet with the, the show notes and the, the structure on is, is keeps flicking to Villa at home somehow. So given I don't really know what's happening this week, I was going to start previewing Villa at home. But let's not do that. Let's look at Bournemouth away because I think that is... This week, Saturday, the 21st of December at 3pm. Now, before we move on to that game, in our show last week, the Newcastle preview show, we asked you a quiz question, which was, which two Burnley players scored our goals in the home game against Newcastle in 2014 and 2018? Dave, what was the answer? Yeah, well, the correct answers we were looking for were George Boyd, in 2014, and Sam Vokes in 2018. Oh, Dave, I do like it when you manipulate a situation where we can get Sam Vokes into the preview show. It feels like he's still part of us when we talk about it. Can I just ask a question (laughs) at this point? Uh, Oh, yes. What what feelings were going through your mind when you opened your, uh, or turned your Burnley calendar over for uh, December? Well, I was filled with sickness (laughs) sickness <laughs> I was upset it brought all the bad memories back again but then I looked at it and went oh Sam it's that here now I'm looking at it is uh, the burner calendar is up in front of me when uh, when we recorded in my office when we record the podcast so yes it was um it was a shock and because we had been so busy I didn't open it till the third of third of December albeit I didn't open my advent calendar till about the fifth so but yeah it was uh, it was mixed emotions day um did we get any correct answers from our wonderful listeners Yes, we had a few answers. Uh, Terry Whittle got in touch with the correct answer, as did Rob Thomas. Uh, They both knew the correct answer, as did John Robertson again. So a big well done to them and anyone else who knew but was too shy to get in touch. Oh, don't be be shy. We don't bite. Come Come and join in. Forced fun. Let's have some forced fun. Um, it's getting to be a little bit of a competition, you know, with between Rob Thomas and uh, John Robertson as to who can who can get that correct answer in first. In fact, they're both going to be listening to this. So I challenge Rob Thomas and John Robertson who gets their answer in first. And we will check all forums. We will time it to find out who tells us who the answer is first. And we will in the next episode, tell you who won. We're going to have a little competition within the competition. I like this. Opposition stats. Okay, so moving on, let's have a look at that game away at the weekend. Um, Dave, 
Why don't you tell us all about our opposition? Yeah, Bournemouth traced their roots back to 1890 when Boscombe St John's Institute Football Club was formed. In 1899, Boscombe FC was established from the remains of that original club. And a few years later, they moved to Kings Park in Bournemouth, close to the site of the team's current ground. It wasn't until the 1923-24 season that the club was admitted to the Football League and they initially joined the third division south. It was also at this time the club opted for a name change and became Bournemouth and Boscombe Athletic. They eventually changed name again to AFC Bournemouth in the early 1970s during John Bond's time as manager. There's a lot of name changes going on there, Deb. I think they kind of should have just picked one and stuck with it, to be honest. Um, so uh, given all their names they've had, how on earth have they settled on a nickname and what is it? Uh, well, Bournemouth are known as the Cherries, and they've been known uh, as that for, for quite a while. That's going back to the certainly to the 1920s. Um, some say it's due to the colour of the club's cherry red striped shirts, although others claim it's due to the proximity of some nearby fruit orchards. Fruit orchards in Bournemouth. Apparently so. Apparently so. Mm. It's south coast, isn't it? So we warmer down there. Yeah, warm weather. That's true. Not like the cold. Oh, my God, as a quick interlude, by the way, just how cold was it on turf on Saturday? Oh, my days. Oh, it was it was it was a chilly one. Um, okay, what about their ground and their capacity, then, please, Dave? Yeah, well, the Cherries play their home games at Dean Court, which is currently known as the Vitality Stadium for sponsorship purposes. It's the smallest ground in the Premier League with a capacity of around half that of Turf Moor, approximately eleven thousand three hundred. Uh, there are tentative plans to construct a new stadium uh, elsewhere on Kings Park, close to the existing ground, but timescales are still not finalised. Uh, Burnley's ticket allocation wasn't actually announced anywhere that I saw, but if it's anything like other teams this season, it will be in the region of 1,300. Excellent. So let's move on to their team then. Who's their all-time goalscorer? The club's record all-time goalscorer is Ron Eyre. He scored 202 goals for the club in the 1920s and 1930s, and at that time they were still known as Bournemouth and Boscombe Athletic. Uh, Current Bournemouth player Josh King is already the club's joint top scorer in all matches against Burnley, um, and he scored three times so far. OK. What about Burnley heaviest... <laughs> the heaviest Burnley? What about the heaviest Burnley defeat, then? Uh, well, we haven't played them too many times, um, and obviously only r- roughly half of those have been at Bournemouth. Um, of Bournemouth's five wins in home games against Burnley, four have been by a single goal, which leaves their 5 nil home win in November 1998 as Burnley's heaviest defeat on our travels to play the Cherries. Okay, what about Burnley's biggest win then? Much more positive. Uh, Well, again, there aren't many matches to choose from, but of Burnley's four previous away wins at Bournemouth, two have been by a two-goal margin. One of those was a 2-0 win in October 1995, and the other was a 3-1 win, which was as recently as April in last season's meeting. Uh, In that game, Bournemouth went ahead in the fourth minute, when an Ashley Barnes header went past Tom Heaton at the wrong end of the pitch, but goals from Chris Wood, Ashley Westwood and a goal from Ashley Barnes at the right end earned Burnley a valuable three points on the road. Excellent. So, obviously, Burnley's last win and last one? season's meeting were both those ones. One well? I got myself yeah. very confused then. And also, listeners, a little bit of a possible outtake. There's some background noise going on here because my cat is trying to... Um, 
attack my headphones. It's been a while since we had none and ever pets on the show. Get out of it. Um, so we've covered those two sections, Dave. So why don't you tell us about the man in charge? Who is their manager? Yeah, it's someone we know uh, quite a bit about, Eddie Howe. He was born in Amersham in Buckinghamshire in November 1977, and he was just turned 42. Um, after playing over 350 matches for Bournemouth in two separate spells, he was forced to retire as a player in 2007, just before his 30th birthday. He then had spells in charge of Bournemouth's reserve team, and then uh, a little bit later as a youth team coach, before he went on to become Bournemouth's caretaker manager at the end of 2008. Um, eventually got the job permanently and remained there under challenging circumstances, gaining promotion from League Two in 2010. In January 2011, he moved north to repre- replace Brian Laws as Burnley manager. Uh, 21 months later, after just 87 matches in charge at Turf Moor, he took the decision to return to the South Coast and has remained at Bournemouth ever since, earning promotion to the Premier League in 2015 and has done very well to keep them in the top flight since. Yeah, I'm still annoyed at him. I don't like to give him too much praise. I hadn't realised he'd been with us for 21 months. I thought it was much, uh, much, much less than that. In fact, I'm sure I had this conversation. He came in the January, didn't he? Yeah. He came in the January and then he was there till, well, just before uh, Sean Dyche came, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I, I was talking to somebody about this this week and I was adamant that I thought he'd been there for like seven months or something. 20 months is a long time. Um, right, head-to-head stats. Uh, yeah, our overall away record at Bournemouth stands at played 14, won four, drawn five and lost five. That gives us a win percentage of 28.6%. And that's quite a bit better than our all-time average of approximately 20% in away games against all the teams in, the season, in this season's league. We've done this um, on the, each of the previous, previous preview shows where we look at the average. So we roughly win one in every five away games. Um, it's getting nearer to 30% for Bournemouth, so it's it's quite a little bit better. Um, and we've only ever played three previous top-flight matches at Bournemouth. Uh, we've won twice and lost once, and they're all in the last three seasons. So we do have some excellent recent form again. Yeah, we do. Um, what about the, the players then? Do we have anybody who's played for both? Uh, we do. But Burnley's Jack Cork actually played for Bournemouth. He played on loan from Chelsea. That was, I think, a couple of... Uh, separate spells in 2006 and 2007. He obviously went back and then uh, you know, went back again, I think, the following season. Uh, Ex-Claret junior Stanislas is still at Bournemouth. And although he's yet to play so far this season, he appears to be ready to return to their squad at any time, looking at the uh, updates that I've seen. Um, in addition to those two, um, the other players who've represented Burnley and Bournemouth since Second World War include uh, Marvin Bartley, Ian Cox, Wade Elliott, Zavon Hines, Danny Ings, Gareth O'Connor, Jerry Payton, Adrian Randall, Kevin Reeves, Kevin Russell, John Spicer, Brian Stock, and Player of the Month on Burnley's 2019 calendar, Natalie's favourite player, Sam Vokes. <gasps> Twice in one preview show, Dave, you spoil me. Um, why's, why's Stanislas not been playing? Is he injured? Uh, I assume he must have been, yeah. He's not played yeah. so far this, uh, this season. That's a big loss for them, that. Although they're doing very well without him. Um, finally then, who is going to be the man in the middle? Who's our match day referee? Uh, we've got Martin Atkinson in charge on Saturday, and he's been rather a lucky omen for Burnley in recent times. He refereed four of our Premier League games last season, and we actually won all four of them, and that included the away win at Bournemouth. Uh, David Coote is the video assistant referee on Saturday. Excellent. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. 
well, we're not done there, Dave. I know we're not because I know you and I know you like to spoil our listeners. So why don't you delve into the banks of Statman, Dave, and give us your miscellaneous stat of the week. Okay, this week's stat of the week is a short and sweet one this week. Uh, When Burnley played at Bournemouth in September 1993, Bournemouth won the match 1-0. And the only goal was scored in the 13th minute by future Burnley manager Steve Cottrell. Oh, that is a good stat. It's not often we get to talk about Steve Cottrell in this show, probably for very good reason. Um, so what? how are you feeling about the game? I'm I'm a little bit nervous about the weekend. I think a lot of our colleagues at Known and Everdave are feeling quite confident that we, can, we should get three points on Saturday, but Bournemouth are a tough side to play. Uh, they are. I mean, we, we know all games, all away games are, are tough, but we, we have uh, won last twice. We've been down there at Bournemouth, so we've got a, a decent record down there. Um, maybe we've got some sort of... Uh, Omen over uh, Eddie Howe as well. We seemed to do fairly well against him. We had a, a really good 4-0 home win, didn't we, uh, um, against Bournemouth as well, uh, going back um, last se- the season before last, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, so so we, we are, you know, we, we, we do seem to have some good results uh, against them. It's one of those, isn't it? Anything you get away from home is a bonus. If we, if we get a point on Saturday, that would be a decent return. Um, we've got every chance of getting three points. They, they were on a, a really tricky run. I think they lost... Uh, five in a row, and then they managed to uh, to, to win a game. So um, maybe their confidence is up a little bit as well. So we know things can change very quickly in this division. We've we've, you know, we've been on the run. We lost three, then we won two, three nil, then we lost another three, then we've won again. So we go from one extreme to the other. So it's it's difficult to know which Burnley is going to uh, going to turn up on Saturday. Plus, again, uh, we're not out of the woods with uh, injuries. I know the press conference has uh, have been uh, had today, and there's. Uh, one or two doubts in there as well. Chris Wood hasn't trained, has he? This uh, uh, didn't, didn't train today, and Ashley Westwood's a little bit doubtful as well. So, you know, we we, we may have one or two problems. But those those two do seem to be two key players. So, um, if either of those were missing and weren't in the starting lineup, um, we perhaps wouldn't be as confident as we otherwise would be if we had maybe the same team to choose from who played on Saturday. Yeah, definitely, they are very key players, and I, you know, if, if we're potentially losing both of them, I, I genuinely think we've got no chance but let's see what, what do you think the score will be then give me a prediction Dave um, I'm going to hedge my bets and say a draw 1-1 one, one. <sighs> what am I going to say 2-1 to Burnley you've got to back your boys haven't you quite right even though I didn't <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Premier League update okay so moving on to the second half of the show and we of course move on to the much-loved, highly competitive, highly coveted, um, known and never fantasy Premier League. Now, Dave, what's been happening this last week? Who are the movers and shakers? Well, we did flag up last week that several players were getting close to the 1,000-point barrier, and uh, six players did manage to smash through that, uh, thanks to last week's games, or the weekend's games. Um, so we're going to mention all of those top six managers in reverse order this week. In sixth place on 1,007 points is Max Robinson's Game of Stones. In fifth on 1,013 points is Dan Barnes's Do or Deitch. In fourth on 1,023 points is Rob Greenwood's Aspina Colada. Uh, In third place on 1,026 points is last week's leader, and that was John Suckliff's Subculture FC. Uh, staying in the runners-up position for the moment on 1,028 points is Bennett Howarth's Rolling the Deitch. And finally, last but not least, at the top of the table, our latest league leader 
on 1,035 points is none other than Tall Paul with the eponymous, got that word right, eponymous Tall Paul team. Excellent. Um, what about our that team known as Ever? Has anybody, any of those hit the 1,000 points mark yet? No, very nearly. Um, Richard Steele's team, Count On Me, was very close. Um, he's in seventh place on 998 points. I just fell two points short, but he's only... What is he? Thirty-five, thirty-seven points behind the uh, the leader, so he's he's within striking distance up there. Excellent. Um, how are you doing then, Dave? Uh, well, I was a non-move last week. I'm still in one hundred and thirty-fifth place. Um, I, 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 I had a nightmare with my team because I had um, uh, Manchester City against Arsenal, and I'd got uh, Kevin De Bruyne and um, Aubameyang uh, of Arsenal in my team. And I captained Abamyang and didn't captain De Bruyne. I had him as my vice captain. Um, and I think Abamyang scored four points and De Bruyne scored 19. So I would have got double the points for um, uh, De Bruyne if I'd have managed to pick him. But he, I didn't do so. Never mind. Um, I'm, I'm on 801 points in 135th place. And Natalie, what can I say, Natalie? Your team, Dingle Bells is another non-mover in 163rd place. That's out of 164 teams with 694 points. End of half-term half report could do better. How are the people on 1,000 points already and I'm on 694? I am so rubbish. I think they've probably selected better players. Well, I've got decent players. I'm looking at my team now. Actually, I've just lost my team. Where's my team gone? Uh, this doesn't board well, does it? I've got Harry Kane in there. I've got Sterling. I've got Sal- Salah, more Salah. I've got Redmond in from, is he Southampton, Redmond? Oh, yeah, they're not doing very well, are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got John, I've got McGinn from, mm. John McGinn from, what's he called? Villa in there. Yeah, I've got I've got some decent players. Yeah. Mm, I'm not very good at this. Oh, well. Um, what about the dream team then? <laughs> How's that getting along? Um, we've got uh, Chris Wood. He made it into last oh. week's Dream Team. Um, and the full 11 for the Dream Team last week was uh, Ramsdale, Lundstrom, Vertonghen, Balbuena, De Bruyne, Salah, Fleck, Traore, Sterling, Wood and Pookie. He's doing so well. He's Pookie, isn't he? He's having a great season. Well, he was and then he wasn't and then he's come back around again. Yeah, but it's again. a big ask to, to make that step yeah. up to that league, isn't it? Um well, as you quite rightly say in our show notes, Dave, let's hope there are plenty more appearances for Burnley players in the various dream teams over the festive period. Um, but, and yeah, I think so. And, and actually, you know, Man United aren't very good. I think we'll just beat them. We'll win all four. Um, so, obviously, we've now got four games over the Christmas period, Dave. So, what are we going to do about Fantasy League reporting over the next preview shows? Uh, it's going to be a bit of a nightmare, really. So, we're taking a short break from the Fantasy Premier League updates for a week or so. Um, our recording schedules, as you say, just make it really tricky with the hectic match schedules. Uh, but we will continue to, pro- to provide regular updates in the new year once we get back onto the normal weekly match schedule. Excellent stuff. And by that point, I'll be up in the top 100 players. Statman Dave's quiz question. So finally then, before we leave you to um, enjoy Bournemouth away at the weekend, there is a small matter of Statman Dave's quiz question of the week. Dave, what is this week's question? Okay, of one of Burnley's nine away wins in the 1999-2000 promotion season was at Bournemouth in February 2000. 
The Clarets won 1-0, but which player scored the goal? Hmm. No idea. But if our players know, and let's not forget that we have got our, our interplayer competition today, how do our listeners send their answers in? Uh, they can tweet or messages on Twitter, at Never. Uh, they can post on our No Nay Never Facebook page, or if they want, they can email us podcast at net, and we will reveal the correct answer at the start of our next preview show. Excellent. So what if our listeners need some help discovering the answer to this, or they basically want some good stats on Burnley, Dave, where can they go and find them? Well, we've got details of uh, over 5,500 past Burnley matches, including the one against Bournemouth in February 2000. Um, and they can be found on the Burnley Stats page. And we've got a short link for that. It's uh, bit, that's B-I-T, dot L-Y, forward slash Burnley Stats, and that's all in lowercase. Excellent. Well, that is all we have time for this preview show. Um, we have looked at the game at the weekend, Saturday, 21st December, Bournemouth away. Um, my thanks as ever go to Dave Statman, Dave Roberts, for just the unbelievable art of work he puts into this show. I enjoy it immensely and I always learn something out of it. Um, my thanks always go to producer Matt, who gets to edit this and put it all together. Thanks to my cat that's now not only playing with headphones, but is now meowing down the microphone at us. Um, but finally, Final thanks, of course, go to you, the listeners, for downloading and listening to this podcast. We um, we do very much appreciate it. And we would not be here without you. Um, Dave and I will definitely be back um, with the preview show before each of the next four festive games. I don't know if I'm going to promise that there will be a main podcast because it is proven logistical nightmare at the moment. But I do hope that the, that the main podcast will be back at some point over the festive season to give you um, some talk, analysis and discussion about how things have been going in December and across the, the Christmas period. Um, from everybody at None and Ever, our best wishes for a fantastic Christmas. Um, I hope you have a wonderful, relaxing time with family, with friends. Um, and I, I just hope that Santa brings you everything that you hope for. This has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Never podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.